What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Teen It Up uh, with C&V. I'm your host, Connor. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Vladdy. Another week, another episode, another time on a Zoom call with you, man. How you been? I've been good. Um, I think I was just telling you, I've kind of been milking uh, some sick hours that I have for my contract house. Uh, because love that. My, uh, my, la- my last official day as a contractor at General Dynamics is tomorrow, and then from Monday onwards... We have kind of the the first uh, big. I don't, I don't know if I consider it a promotion, but I'm going to a direct hire. There was a pay raise, so I guess like maybe in essence it is one. But also though, it's like I'm thinking about it and like I'm I'm glad that that's happening because like there's a little little bit more job security. I was uh, I was talking to one of my friends at the at the at, at the job today who uh, who's also a contractor, and he said that uh, one of the people he closely works with was uh, told that they were going to be let go on a two day notice also a contractor and so yeah so it's just one of those where i'm i'm happy that with with my stuff it's going the other way and i'm being brought on to full time as opposed to being let go (laughs) for obvious reasons but other than that um just got a new job now on the unemployment line (laughs) and we both know sorry i'm just singing a sad tune for that poor chap what is what was that uh that's uh she needs me now, but she can't seem to find the time. I got a new job now on the unemployment line. And we that both sounds like... know how I always got into this mad situation. Only doing things out of frustration. <laughs> Trying to work it out for me. I don't know the name of this song. Okay, let's it, we'll stick it that way. Let's leave it that way. Let's get into let's get into how you're doing. Let's get into some sports. What, what have you been up to the last week? I know you've got finals going on. It's called break even. Uh, I've been all right. Uh, it's been a, it's been a quite the grind. The last it's, it's, it's nice. Now I had my third and my fourth exam, uh, finished about an hour and a half, two hours ago. Um, so now I don't have one until Monday. So I have four full days to kind of fit in. So it won't be kind of the, the nine to nine that I've been doing for the last 10 days. Mm-hmm. I can kind of just have a normal, you know, spread it out over four days. Um, yeah, they've kicked my ass, to be honest. I had an exam Monday that uh, the exam stopped, and this kid immediately yelled out loud, I was better off not studying for that test than going in there. And I, I think I would agree with that. That Yeah, it was a tough one Monday, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, my, wow. dad said, my dad said he went out of most of his law school exams thought he, thinking he did terrible, and he did, he did pretty fairly well in law school, so – Hopefully it runs in the family. So hopefully, hopefully I have some of that luck. But today's was okay. Monday, the first one was okay, and then Mondays I, um, but yeah, I'm excited to kind of be out of that soon. Uh, that's kind of consumed my life, so it's nice to get away from that this evening as well. Talk about some sports. Um, so it's going on in my life. Um, let's get into topics. I think. No college football. We can uh, we'll, we'll quickly let's mention that. Let's get the Heisman yeah. over. Um, yeah, Caleb Williams. Um, not that it was really a surprise. This kind of felt like it was even with that kind of ugly loss at the end where he was hurt and nursing the hamstring. It did still kind of feel like it was his trophy to lose as kind of your his s is like contenders kind of fell off a cliff with Corum getting injured and then uh, C.J. Stroud having a disaster against Michigan. So. I mean, I don't really know. This this just felt like one of like the weakest Heisman 
years that I can honestly recently remember. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think an indicator of that of a weak Heisman year, and it's gonna sound weird because this the quarterback usually wins the Heisman, but I think the fact that it was all four quarterbacks kind of says something about it being weak because usually you have some running back makes it yep. or last year we had a defensive player you know chase young made it in recent years yep. i believe one of the bosa brothers was a was a nominate nominee at one point i know nadama kansu was way back in the day running backs and some defensive end in there it usually seems like like I don't know. Maybe it's just a mental thing that it feels more competitive when you have four guys playing the same position and three of them are, f- are from the four playoff teams. It's like, well, you're just kind of picking the most important pit position on the best teams. Are they really the best players? Who knows? Yeah, no, I think you, I think you kind of hit the, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was almost, it was whack. I mean, you, you kind of walked into the season. You had some, you had some like dark horses. I mean, Bijan Robinson at Texas. Um, I mean, Will Anderson had a freak last year. I know we've talked about this on the show before where he put up just insane numbers yeah. last season. He wasn't able to replicate it this season. So you weren't you were you didn't get anything from him. You didn't have an Aiden Hutchinson this year at Michigan. I mean, I guess maybe you could say something about Marvin Harrison, maybe deserving a shout, but I mean, I don't know. Um I don't know the number, like how good his numbers were off that. Uh, when's the last time you've seen a wide receiver? Devontae Smith. Devante yeah. Smith, yeah. Duh. But before him, I have no idea. You'd have to go back pretty far because it was just a QB and running back uh, parade. But, no, it's, it is what it is. I mean, hopefully – I just kind of view um, a weak Heisman year based off of my interest in even watching the ceremony. I just didn't care. Uh, I, I didn't watch the ceremony. It was one of just the – Bleh. It's like I think it's kind of unwatchable event in general, no matter that if, it's, too. if I mean, it's a big year or not. That's that's actually true if you think about it. So like an hour long show where they just like create fabricated stories to talk about right. just like the last five minutes of what I actually tell you. The biggest story I think of it was like CJ Stroud didn't shake Desmond Howard's hand for talking crap last year. That's like the only that's the only Twitter bit I got out of that whole night. So oh, there you go, Mr. Mr. Celebrity talking all about what's going on in the in the celebrity world. Ah, uh, that's not I mean you want to know what's going on with the Kardashians, I can tell you, but no Desmond, that was a, that's a legit clip. That's not celebrity world. Fair enough, fair enough. No, let's um do we want to go we want to go World Cup first and then NFL or where, where do we want to stick with football? Where where do we want to take this? Football or football? Oh, boy. Um, uh, let's go Lions. Exciting stuff happening. The Lions uh, are 5-1 and one in their last six, only lost to the Bills on Thanksgiving in the last couple minutes. Um, a big win, a dominating win on Saturday or Saturday, Sunday against the Vikings, 34-23, the final score. Uh, thoughts moving forward. The Lions sit at six and seven. They're two games back of a playoff spot right now with four games left. Um, I mean, I, I've been on this, you know, I've, I've been on this for the last kind of month and a half at this point. I said, get to Thanksgiving at four and seven and I can buy back into the season because of how weak the, uh, the line or the, the kind of the run-in was schedule wise. They've, they they did that. They've won their next two games with a dominating win over Jacksonville. And then, like you just said, a slightly less, let's say, I'm going to say dominating winning against Minnesota, but they're obviously a better team. 
but I, I feel good. Um, defense continues to play well. Uh, you got yeah, sixth round rookie James Houston, who's continuing to make an impact. He is now uh, he's now second in the league, or he's now second in the league for rookies and sacks behind only Aiden Hutchinson. Um, the other thing that I've I know I know I've said a couple times is. But maybe I haven't like fully said this. I owe Aiden Hutchinson an apology. Um, mm. I owe a giant. Th- However, I will say it in two in two kind of levels. First of all, I owe a giant thank you to whoever decided it would be a good idea to get him out of the three point stance, put him in a two point stance, yeah. and then whoever's idea it was to move him to the other side of the line. The, so they, what's they, the they, science behind the three point and the two two point? Like, is it just he's standing up so he goes? Straight I'm not up gonna. To I don't. I don't particularly know. I'm sure maybe you could say something about like explosiveness having like that extra point of contact with the ground. I don't know. The one thing I know that they mentioned while listening to the broadcast was having him in the two point stand standing up. They said was better for his vision, and he was able to kind of see maybe a lane or kind of see an exploitation that he could go after. But in terms of actual like technical terms i'm not going to sit here and pretend like i'm a uh offensive line or defensive line guru i just know that it works so whoever whoever's idea it was to do that congratulations and Tayden hutchinson thank you uh can't i you could you wouldn't have uh, had me saying that on the bingo card three months ago but here we are no actually if you want to go to like say a podcast in like end of october. september early october uh maybe mid-september you can hear probably for multiple minutes on end Vladdy yelling about Aiden Hutchinson and how the Lions never get it right and that yada. Now I think he's one of the top candidates for rookie defensive player of the year. So I I think that still goes to Sauce Gardner, but yeah, he's he's yeah. He's, I mean, he's in the hunt. he's like in yeah. the. I don't yeah, think he's, he's anywhere he's near him, the top. Yeah, he's, he's within the top ten the names. He's he's put himself in the picture, which is nice. No, the other thing I wanted to say, especially with this, uh, with the Vikings game, which was interesting, was Vegas giving us that two and a half point favorites. A line that opened Detroit minus one ended up at Detroit minus two and a half, which was crazy. And then we obviously easily covered at the end. But the one thing I did want to say is the Vikings, I think, are fraudulent. Yeah, they're kind of, they give me, I think I've said this on a prior podcast. They give me Steelers. Was it two years ago? Who were like oh 11 the eleven and zero into eleven and six Steelers? Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I could see that killed by the Chiefs. I the one the one thing that I just like the one thing that I can't get behind is the Vikings only have one victory of more than one possession. Yeah, like, I mean, you win ten games, that's awesome. But that's kind of that like we said it about Michigan State last year. We've said it about the Chargers because they're notoriously bad with it. You can't keep that up. You can't always win one score games because the law of averages says so. And so, yeah, I'll I'll play the devil's advocate to that. Is you rather like having all that experience and being able to pull out of a lot of close games is beneficial come playoff time when more of those it's a higher than likely chance you're going to be playing in a close game, yeah. uh, you know, late in that in the fourth quarter. So I will say it works well for you that way. You've been there. You've been able to win those type of games. But I do agree the law of averages is like you can only do that for so long. That's just how this league and that's just how sports in general work. Yeah. No, and the other thing, I mean, the other thing that was kind of huge, if we want to talk a little bit more playoff race um, for us, is because I'm kind of into the business end of the season, month left. Um, Carolina 
ended up beating Seattle uh, Sunday. And that was, I think, the biggest kind of heaven send that we could have asked for because now Seattle's kind of run-in is it's tough. I mean, their next two games are the 49ers and the Chiefs. You don't expect wins there. And then at that point, you would need you you turn into Seattle, and it's like you have to go two and zero just to get to nine wins. So, yeah, I actually don't the schedules that align. Actually, of the three teams that are there, we're going to talk about the hunt: Washington, Seattle, and the Giants are the yep. three teams that are there. I don't really have any faith in any three of those teams going better than two and two. To make the playoffs, you need to go three and one, and basically all three of them need to go one and three. But I don't have much faith in any of them going two and two or better. I just don't have faith in us going three and one. I know the schedule says says whatever. You play a good Jets team on the road. Yep. You play a Panthers team that is, as people want to crap on every single week in and week out, they're two games out of a playoff spot as well. Because actually, the no, so they're they, they're one game out. One game out. Correction. Yeah. So they're they're very much alive, and they're actually they're not an easy win. As much uh, I think a lot of teams have yep. kind of learned that around the way. And then as bad as the Packers have been, you don't still don't know what they're going to get. They've delivered some good wins when they've actually decided mm-hmm. to play division rival, and the Bears, who you barely beat, and are also a division rival. So yeah, I don't get I don't no matter how bad they are, I don't really necessarily view division games as gimmies. And yep. then you play, t- you play a solid Jets team and then a frisky Panthers team. I don't know if it's as easy as people want to make it out to be. I mean, I, I don't necessarily say think people have made it out to be easy. I just believe that you're kind of – you're riding the heater. You've got all of the momentum in the world. And it actually seems like the sports world is rooting for you and with you yeah. as opposed to laughing at you, which is the Lions. It's unheard of in the Lions' history almost. But – yeah. Again, it's the NFL. Nothing's ever easy, but I would certainly rather have our run in than anyone else's. I mean, right. I mean, I'll, I'll pull, up, I'll pull, up, let's, let's pull up Washington. I mean, you have the Giants, then you have the 49ers, then you have the Browns, and then you have the Commanders. I could make the argument that Washington. Like, wait, Washington's playing themselves, or they play the Giants. Oh, okay. uh, oh so was, they have to play each other that. twice, still. Yeah, two. Uh, no, just once. Yeah, uh, that. I'm sorry. I, I read. I read out Washington's schedule. It's, they go – their run-in is Giants, 49ers, Browns, Cowboys. That doesn't uh, – I mean I, – I, Two and I two. Guess, see, I even say maybe two and two. I mean, the Browns will have a Deshaun Watson who's oh, – no, I on, think they suck. He's, but he's kicking off the rust. I mean, game after game, he's going to kick off the rust and he'll get better and better. That defense Not, sucks too. Yeah, the defense for a team that looks so good on paper is – incredibly not that but again i'm just saying that i i'd rather i don't think i I don't i don't think i want that let's go to the giants the giants still have to play vikings eagles colts commanders i mean colts are not very good so i think i think at this point we're really hoping for commanders w because then the giants probably end up eight seven and one nine and seven will get us ahead of them nine and eight or yeah nine and eight will get us ahead of them actually no i wouldn't at that point Actually, I would. Eight, eight, and I'm one. I'm not a math guy. Eight, eight, and one. Pardon me. I always, it's it's so weird having to deal with 17 game seasons now. Yeah, so the odd number, the odd number is just a killer for the math brain. It's I don't know it's the odd number. It's just like ha, like we grew up 16 games. I mean, it was everything was 16 games, and they're like, we want more money. We're gonna make 17. Well, you games. can't you can't go 500 now. That's what screws my brain up. I think is like 
you go, okay, eight and eight, that's 500. You can go 500 or yep. one better. Now it's you're either nine and eight or eight and nine. You know who, no you know who was the most frustrated person ever when that happened? I think it was, I think his name, what was this? Was it Jeff Garcia, the guy who always went 500 with the uh, St. Louis Rams? Uh, Jeff know. Fisher? Was it, if it might, it might have been Jeff Fisher, but whoever the St. Louis Rams coach was that always went eight and eight, like it was a staple. I think it's Jeff Fisher. Mm-hmm. Jeff Fisher, Garcia Fisher. Oh, well. Um, but no, I, I think the Lions have put themselves in a good position. Um, Lions are also arguably the right now football wise. I'm going to make the argument that they're the third best team in the NFC right now. Maybe the fourth. Maybe I would fourth. probably say I still want no part of Philadelphia. I want no part of San Francisco. And I want no That's part it. of Dallas. Really? I, I, I want Dallas no are frauds. I want no part of that defense. Um, <laughs> Micah Parsons scares the living crap out of me. I want no part of that defense. Yeah, I would, I would I, say I don't know. you get you get Texas away from Jerry's house, and I, I think they're – I just call them Texas. If you get Dallas away from Jerry's house, you'll – I think they're a very different team. I'm not. I'm not that. Af- they're a good team, but I'm not afraid of them, kind of thing. Yeah, but we're not going to get them away. We're not going to get them away. From Jerry's you world. could argue. I mean, they put the beat down on the Bucks on Sunday, but you can make the argument with Jeff Purdy. I mean, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant. A, come on. Yeah, he's obviously the best quarterback ever from his one start. But you can make the argument that if this is how it's going to be, like they're not. What What are their realistic chances? You know. Uh, I think that I think that defense and that offensive scheme is just too good. Um, so they're going to win a Super Bowl with Brock, Mister Irrelevant. I think there's a chance. Really? I mean that. The I think way you get they... this kid in the playoffs. He's going to lose you a game, even if you have a good team. I mean, yeah, certainly. Like it's kind of a Lamar Jackson thing, where at some point you're going to have to be able to throw and move the ball yourself. You're right. It's just I I that defense is mean. They will be they will be playing some home games, um, one maybe two depending on how things go, and it's it's interesting. I mean, I I just think that I think those are the three teams that I said that I want no part of. Give me the Bucks. Give me Minnesota. Give me yes. whatever other wild card team is going to show up, but I want nothing to do with uh, the Eagles, the Cowboys, or the Forty ers Fair enough. Uh, anything else in the Lions? No, let's let's just keep watching. I'm gonna have to figure out. Uh, I'm gonna have to pull up some stream east back when I'm in Bulgaria because I'll be heading out next Friday, and uh, I'll have to be watching some of those games because gotta gotta st- gotta gotta stay in touch so that we can we can re- record an international episode. Yeah, that'd be wild. <laughs> We're coming across you continent to continent, baby. That'll be. Uh... Um, That'll be a seller right there. Speaking of intercontinental sporting action, the World Cup is the final has been set. Um, this afternoon was the second semifinal game. Um, I'm not even going to talk about who's in it because I feel like that's your job. So I'll let you I'll pass the baton over to my soccer friend. Can I just say that was a phenomenal uh, kind of just – movement from one topic to the other speaking of intercontinental that was that, yeah i'm that, getting good at this aren't i that dude that's that's radio that's radio material right there <laughs> if law school doesn't work out for you you gotta call up 97 one like, you guys want an intern yeah actually i i only i only ask this because you're probably the one person i know that would 
definitely do this. Have you ever called in to 97.1? I have, yes. Yeah, that's what um, I thought. How'd it go? I was on hold for too long, so I ended up hanging up, but I've called in once. How long How long did you wait before you said nah? So I was sitting, uh, it was, I think it was in the spring, so like I wasn't working, so I was bored, so I called him and I just sat there. I think it was like 35, 45 minutes, and I was like, this is mm. stupid, I'm going to go to the gym, and so... So how, many, how long do you think the people wait to get on that? Show? I know they pick at, like repeat callers. A oh, lot it depends them. on. Uh, I think it depends on a couple of things. First of all, like how, what kind of topic are they doing? How busy of a day is it? Like if you're trying to yeah. call in on a Monday after a Lions win. I'm sure you're waiting longer than if you're going to call yeah. in on, like, a, on a Wednesday in the middle in the of the summer. summer. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I mean, the other thing is, like you just said, I feel, I feel like at some point, if you're continuously a repeat caller, they might just bump you off the list. Right. If they like what you're saying. Yeah. But anyways, I, I only I only asked because I figured you you had done that. Before. I have done it once. Um, but no, let's go. So let's get into the World Cup. Um, France, Argentina, your two finalists. Um, I'll kind of I'm kind of gonna backtrack. I'm gonna talk about the, the quarterfinals as well because that those those happened Friday, Saturday. So crazy. The the quarterfinals were incredibly entertaining. It, um, those. I think it's it's a little bit kind of like March Madness where because you have more games, um, that it's it, it feels like a better day. Like when you when you when you filter it down to just one game a day and it's it's such a high importance game and teams are kind of cagey, it leads to I think more boring finals or semifinals. But the quarterfinals are phenomenal. Um, you had Brazil, Croatia. Um, the Croatians pulled off one of the upsets of the tournament. Um, it's. In hindsight, it's disappointing because they played a disastrous game yesterday, and that just ruined my day. But I'll, I'll get into that after. Um, but you had you had them win a second a second game in PKs, knocked out probably uh, most people's tournament favorite in Brazil. Um, then you had Argentina and Netherlands on the Netherlands. That game was insane. So Argentina went up two nothing, and then with ten minutes left, they gave up two goals. All in stoppage they, time, no. Oh, uh, I, well, one. I think one of them or was, was the second one in stoppage time. The second, the second one was like basically the last kick of the game. It was, it was like it was the hundredth minute. They have a free kick and they played an incredibly well executed free kick, kind of passed to one of their teammates. Um, instead of shooting and going for glory, which I think was a really good play, because there's been a couple times where I've also kind of yelled at TV because other teams haven't done that, and there's been someone who's tried to be the hero himself, taking on some free kick from 30 yards away, just never going to work. But, no, and that game was phenomenal. Um, I would probably say one of the games of the tournament. Um, you had you had Argentina advance in penalties. They have uh, Their goalie was great. Saturday's games were um, Morocco-Portugal, which was kind of just like, I think that was the dud of the uh, the tournament. It was a great upset. Um, Ronaldo, Ronaldo's international career probably ended. I I know he's he said, oh, I want to continue until Euro 2024, but I don't see it. Um, it, it was it was weird. Uh, Portugal gave up a really bad goal. The Moroccans defend really, really well. They played incredibly. They had an incredibly well-organized coach and Tactically, they were great, and then Portugal couldn't break them down. Um, and then England, France, you had uh, England, France. I think was one of the also one of the better games of the tournament, just because of how kind of free flowing it was. Um, you didn't have, let's say, England playing like some underdog and trying to pack it in and play for something. They went out and they attacked the French, and at times they were better than the French. And 
they had a second. So they, they scored their first goal off a penalty and their second goal, their second goal, they had a second penalty where they could have tied it and then possibly gone into extra time or into extra time. But Harry Kane sent it to the moon. Um, the ball actually still hasn't landed. It's on its second orbit of the earth. It's disappointing. The Harry Kane thing. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. I saw I saw a tweet. I mean, I don't know how much you know about Harry Kane, but they uh, someone was like, Harry Kane has scored three hundred and eighteen career goals, and not a single one of them has ever meant anything to anybody because he doesn't have any career trophies. Is he kind of one of those hated super like kind no. of a hated super? No. I actually I don't think he's. It's just he plays for he plays for Tottenham, and Tottenham is kind of like the Lions. They can't win anything. Mm. So like all of his all every goal he's ever scored in his career has meant nothing because it's nothing's ever been won with it. And England is CEO of choke jobs too, right? Yeah. Again, uh, I, only I will. Know, I, I only know that. I only know that from the Revolutionary War. I've ever heard of it. <laughs> no. No. I mean, maybe maybe one maybe one of these podcast episodes uh, in the spring in the summer when we uh, when we're running out of topics and we, we're we're tired of mock drafts, we can do a Revolutionary War episode. We should just do like history podcasts once a week, one sports, and one we just pick apart some random <laughs> day in 1772 when Thomas Jefferson took the first shit that with a toilet that flushed. <laughs> I'm gonna assume that plumbing did not work back then. Yeah, no, it was definitely like I don't know when do you think that's actually a valid question. When do you think the first toilet was flushed? Let's guess. Think- Let's save that for another time. I'm not going to guess. I'm going to continue talking about the World Cup. I think that's what okay. Um, okay, so the semifinals, um, you had two games, which were probably never in doubt. Um, Croatia-Argentina was probably closer for 30 minutes, I think. I think the Croatians controlled the tempo. And then their center backs just parted the Red Sea, um, gave up a penalty. Argentina go up one nothing. Ten minutes later, Argentina score one of the most FIFA type goals of all time, where their player just starts running with the ball forward, and seventeen different players tackle him, but somehow he still has the ball. And then they scored a second, and at that point it was done because Croatia had to completely change their system. Because I mean, unlike unlike let's say the Champions League, you don't get a second leg; like you have ninety minutes to get it done. And when, once you go down 2 nothing, you have to sell out. And at that point, it turned into every time they lost the ball, it was a three-on-three counterattack for Argentina. They eventually scored their third goal. And then the last 15 minutes were just teams running around, having some fun, kind of enjoying the moment. Um, it, again, though, this is where I said kind of the, in hindsight that dis- it was disappointing. I mean, Croatia, they it, it hurts. I mean, Luka Modric, my favorite player, I, I wanted them to go back-to-back finals and then have a better showing against France this time, but it didn't happen. And in hindsight, uh, Brazil would have played a much more entertaining game, would have played a much better game. They're they're one of the few international teams that just attacks. Um, they don't play like terrorists. They don't play, oh, we got to be careful. It's just we're going to go and we're going to defend by attacking because if we're attacking you, you cannot be attacking us. And it's an incredible philosophy. And if Brazil's coach wasn't a terrorist, they probably would have been playing in this game. And they, pro- they, they it, could, it would have made for a much, much better Tuesday. But um, so it goes. Yeah, no, that's the thing is that there's a reason why you play the games. You can't just look at a team on paper and say, oh, you're better than him. You move on. You, you you play the game on the field. You don't you don't play it with stats. You don't play it with anything. You play it on the field. And sometimes it's a cruel sport and it doesn't work. Um, 
today's game, um, I, I talked about Morocco's incredible defensive stability and shape about two minutes ago. Today they showed none of that. Um, <laughs> they gave up a goal in the fourth minute when their center back just went for a he went for a hot dog. Cool. I don't know. He, he was chasing a pass. He had no business chasing. He gets caught out. France get in behind a couple of uh, ricochets, and then the goalie just lost his mind as well. He kind of came out to try and stop the ball, but he didn't actually try and stop the ball. He just like came out and just jumped in the air. Um, France won nothing, and at that point, um, I'll give Morocco credit. They they did attack. Um, they they played pretty well, and they had a couple chances where they could have scored to either tie it up or at least make it interesting because France did end up scoring a second goal. Um, no, it is, it, it is what it is. Um, it's kind of one of those things where just like with March Madness, you have your Cinderella runs, but at the end of the day, David and Goliath or David and Goliath, you cannot continuously, you, you can't do it because just talent wise, you don't stack up and the technical ability is not the same. The sometimes the athleticism isn't the same. The organization's not the same. And that's, that's why there's only ever been eight countries win a world cup. And that's why two of the ones that have won it are playing again. It, you just, you can't beat the hedge in the end. Interesting. I didn't know only eight countries have won it. Ar- Argentina, Brazil, Spain, England, France, Italy, Germany. To everyone you would expect, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of like your big typical powerhouse teams, but no, so, so go ahead. Go now you go. No, no, no. I was going to get into toilets again, so you go. No, let's not do that. I mean, 1592. Yeah, so was the first flushed toilet? First flushed toilet. Wow, that's impressive. Um, it, wasn't right, my, well, it wasn't widespread until the 1860s. That's cool. All right. Um, the World Cup final this Sunday, Argentina-France. Um, I mean, looking at it, You've got probably the two best players in the world right now, Lionel Messi, Kylian Mbappe. Um, you've got two of the better teams in the world. Um, again, I, I personally would have I, – I thought Brazil was a better team on paper, but like I said, you don't play on paper. You play the game. And I think it'll be um, – I'm hoping there's an early goal because I don't want to watch a KG 0-0. I mean, it, it, it's just never fun when that happens, so – Hopefully someone can score early. Um, I'm probably rooting for nobody here. Um, I cannot have either of these teams win a World Cup, but one of them has to. So I guess we'll see what happens. But that's who's your pick? Who's your pick? I'm gonna pick France back to back, baby. Bonjour, mes amis. I'm gonna go with France as well. Um, Argentina won and Messi cemented himself as the greatest player of all time. It is what it is, you know, you respect it. So uh, does does a World Cup win make him the greatest oh, yeah. player of all time? Yeah. Um, so? It's just the one kind of it's like that one trophy that's always eluded, both him and Ronaldo. Um so neither of them have won one? No. So it's kind of this the difference breaker. It, it, I mean, it's a difference breaker. And it's just one of those where, you know, you're you're playing at such a high level. I think the World Cup's tough. I mean, you only get like you only get ninety minutes, like I just said. Like sometimes it doesn't happen and you fall off a cliff, and that really doesn't have a bearing on it. But other times, like 
Messi's had a great World Cup. I'm not going to deny that. And if he pulls it off, so be it. Cap it off. He can walk off into the sunset, and then I'll never have to see his stupid little face again. At least not in Argentina. I'll have to see the PSG for another six months, and he'll move off to Miami, and then I won't have to see him ever again. But, Unless you move to Miami. No, no, no interest. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord. But I don't know. It's it, it, It'll be fun. Uh, this has kind of been – I know that – it's a it's a fabulous month for me. Um, even when the results don't go up my way, just being able to kind of watch this kind of soccer one time every four years is incredible. Um, was I was able to catch most of the games, so I'm really happy about that. It's just sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't in terms of who you want to win, whether they get there or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. The World Cup is an interesting spectacle. Something that I I don't know I. Maybe it's because I can't – like, I don't even remember the last one. I remember the 2014 one. I don't really remember the last one so much. Um, that I, I, Maybe it's because I have more people that pay attention – in my life that pay attention to soccer now um, that I kind of keep an eye on it. But it is such a spectacle. It's one of the great – it's something I've appreciated this last month. It is one of the greatest um, – or I would say, what, probably a top five event in all of sports it's number one um really i mean it, I guess it depends on like what do you define as like yeah because like, like i don't know like to me i know it's so central to america but the super bowl is a way bigger deal to people in america than the world cup is yeah uh, that's that that's obviously a thing but I, I just think there's something with bringing the world together for a month it's kind of like an olympics where you kind of throw away whatever political differences you have with, uh, or I guess geopolitical, because it's not really one nation, but you throw away whatever issues you have with um, whatever's happening and you just kind of go. I know, I mean, in the lead up, uh, I don't think this was really fair, but I mean, everyone was like, oh, it should not be in Qatar. It shouldn't be in Qatar. Oh, this is stupid. Look at the human rights. And like, they started playing the games and no one, no one batted an eye because they were focused on watching kind of the, the world show up. Yeah. You're, you're you're able to find stars like that's the, that's one thing I think is nice is having it be spread out like again there are teams in Europe that are much better than teams in Africa that made it or teams in Asia that made it but guess what like it's a it's a World Cup for a reason it allows players to have breakouts it allows players to put together a seven game stretch a four game stretch that'll get themselves a better move for their future you know you have countries that'll kind of live off that I mean Morocco. They will never forget that. Yeah, you didn't win. You might not even finish in third. You might lose to Croatia on Saturday, finish in fourth. But you're never going to forget that month where you were sitting there and you were like, could this be us? So I would say the World Cup is the greatest sporting event um, on the planet. Yeah, I'm trying to think because like, <laughs> you bring on the – to me, part of what makes the – it's it's even like you you say that bringing the world together is also the uh, the idea of bringing the best on the best and that all the best players play for their country. Like specifically, I don't really think can't think of any other sport that really does that. Like, unfortunately, basketball is so American dominated that the best and the best is just simply America winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the only other sport where that really could be cool is hockey. And they've done away with that in the Olympics for the last two Olympics now. 
They haven't done it since I believe Sidney Crosby's golden goal in 2012. No, I thought 14. I thought 2014 with uh, right. Oshie yeah, penalty after penalty. Yeah, Oshi. That's right. So but yeah, so they haven't done that. Showing you some hockey knowledge. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, and I said that was 2012. Crosby was 20. The golden goal was 2010. Yep. That was cool. Yeah. That's one of the and that's one of the biggest. I mean, we were kids. That's one of the biggest hockey memories I remember is is that. And that's an international best on best moment. It's a I, shame that more sports don't get to do that. Yep. No, because they were supposed to have a World Cup of Hockey the this summer, and then something. Well, they're not going to do it until all the Russia Ukraine stuff ends. Because unfortunately, Russia is the third best country in the world for hockey, so you kind of need them to. Yeah, you can't throw. You can't just say no. You're not playing. Yeah, they're too big of a a contender to not do it without them. Although like fit Finland has a legit team. Now this like Shaq now has a legit team with like Pasternak and all those guys. Like it's not quite as uh USA, Canada, Russia, Sweden, as it used to be for hockey, but that's, uh, that's the only comparable thing and they do, to the world cup and they don't do that anymore. And even then, like, like I said, like I just kind of said, like Olympic hockey was, Canada, Russia, Sweden, U.S., everybody else, where the World Cup is literally Morocco's in Africa. They just, like, we have a South America versus a European team in the finals. Like, it is completely international as it gets. Yeah, no, it's it's fun, you know. I mean, I guess the one – the one positive side about having to uh, wait this long for this one, because obviously you expect it to be played in the summer, is the wait for the next one is not as bad. I mean, you really have to go out, in my opinion, three years. Um, this time in 2025, it'll kind of be like, wait a minute, the World Cup's right around the corner, and you've kind of made it there. So I guess there's the one positive to having uh, having an off off balanced wait for the first one is you have an earlier kind of wait for the, for the second. So one. is it supposed to be in 2020? Uh, no. Uh, it's a, it's a four year cycle 2018, 2022, 2026. So, why was it in December or November? Because Qatar's in, in the desert and the players would have melted if they did it in the summer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, I don't really know what else to say. That's just like, is that actually why? Just weather? I, I would assume so. Why would you just have it somewhere where it's not 100 plus degrees in the summer? Because it is a World Cup, you got to give it to countries of the world. You can't just go around giving it to Europe. And well, they're giving America. it to like the entire damn Western Hemisphere next next World Cup. Yeah, this will be the first. Yeah, so the, um, this will be the first time that a World Cup has been held in three countries. It's been held in two before. I want to say most recently, two thousand two, where it was South Korea and Japan that hosted. But um, that's an interesting one because you got to like like fly between countries, right? They're not connected. I mean, yeah, they're not connected, but it's, I mean, they're the same area. I mean, you're, you're flying to other places, depending yeah, on... Yeah, it's uh, true. I guess culture. that doesn't really, yeah. I guess it's uh, the ocean that is tripping me up. <laughs> that you fly over water to get there. Yeah. But, no, it was it was a it was a spectacular tournament. It's obviously not done. You've got a third-place game Saturday, um, final on Sunday, 10 a.m. Um be kind of nice that way because like both of those games will kind of lead into whatever NFL there is for the day because we have Saturday Sunday NFL games now the college yeah. is done so that's always great that there's more TV te- or more TV televised football as opposed to just getting like your local 1 p.m. game and then like whether or not Fox is nice enough to give you like the America's game of the week at four on a Sunday um, yeah. 
Having cable sucks. I mean, what do you mean? Like with the NFL, like I guess that's why Red Zone is just so such a monster. It's like, what other sport are you only able to watch one game at a time, essentially? Like I like college football, you have ESPN, ESPN2, CBS, Big Ten Network. You have all those games going on at once. Same thing with March Madness when that goes on. But the NFL is the only sport, even with pro hockey, like you can get your local station, you can get a game on TNT, you can get a game on NHL Network. Like what's what's the what's the deal with the NFL? Um, I mean, just the I TV maybe, rights. May, I mean, maybe the way they do kind of like region lock stuff, and I guess yeah, just the, like why do we need region lock stuff in twenty twenty two? Is more my point. I mean, it clearly works. They make the NFL makes more money than probably every other sport in America combined. I know. So I know. They're clearly doing something right. Yeah. I don't know, keeps interest on certain teams in certain ways. That's like, that's kind of maybe that's how you build kind of a local fan base. You only get, I mean, I think maybe a prime example would be the Lions. Like if you had 40 years of the Lions being garbage, but and you allowed people to watch other teams, you maybe that's wouldn't a have point. a Detroit Lions fan base. That's a good point. Yeah. I would just like watch the Bears instead you or some, would watch, local. You'd watch the yeah. Packers, you'd watch the Vikings, yeah. you'd watch people that win. All right. So, I don't know. Um, that's really all that I can think of off the top of my head. But I don't know. Is, is there anywhere else you want to go with, with this week? I know we're kind of nearing on the, the hour marks. Anywhere else? Any other topics you want to bring up? We've got we we've kind of neglected basketball and hockey to this point um, because football's been so prevalent. But now that there's no college to talk about, I, I don't see why we shouldn't throw some out there. You want to? Yeah. I mean, uh, the piss. Talk about a bad take, thinking the Pistons were close to making the playoffs. They're in dead oh, last in the a, NBA. That's a tragic take. The only Kate Cunningham out for the season. Well, this that's just... gonna that's gonna be my one saving argument is that is that that right. man has only played like twelve games this season or fifteen yeah. games. But that yeah. obviously wouldn't have changed anything. I guess no. I though I will say that where I where I went wrong is I was blinded by how talented yet raw the team was. Um. I think I think I like basketball is a game where you have guys show up at 18, 19 years old and they're playing against 30 year old grown men. And I think that I, I I lost sight of that. And that's where I was like, oh, they're closer. And then I also probably factored in the fact that you could like sneak into the 10th spot and still steal, steal your way in. But yeah, it's about that's a balance actor. Um, so the Pistons, Bucko, I don't know how much are we ever going to really need to talk about them. This might be the, the, the next mention until 2023. That's for sure. I mean, may, yeah, maybe if Jaden Ivey and like Jalen Duran just start putting up like awesome numbers, but yeah, there's, there's Jalen Duran played in all. Yeah, he's he comes off the bench. He's he's. I mean, I think statistically, he's one of the better rebounders already in the NBA, which bodes well for for the youngest player in the league. But. That's obviously one of those where you're just you're you're still you're still another draft, you're still another year, and then possibly you're still another spending in free agency. So we'll see, right. we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, they put themselves in a decent position. They have again, like they have young pieces. They'll have money to spend on a max guy, maybe two, depending on what happens. But we'll see what they decide to do, and we'll see if Tom Gores decides to open up the checkbook to go into the luxury tax when it's time to start re-signing players. Is it that is it that like Italian kid or whatever that's supposed to be the number one overall pick? Wembenyama, he's French. French, yeah. Yeah, it's, he's 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 the number one pick, and then I think there's kind of a consensus number two, Scoot Henderson. Um, but he doesn't really. I mean, he's I think he's a guard, and I don't really Where's know. He what, 
uh, I think he's in the G League. Or, okay. I think I'm not I, off the top of my head. I don't know. Um, that's the one thing I think I would say is kind of leaving college now is I'm a little bit, little bit less interested in like college sports and even like the kind of the uh, kind of the NBA pipeline. So like, I don't really know NBA draft prospects the way I kind of maybe did three, four years ago. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, he is G League. I think the the college basketball game, aside from like us, if we didn't go to a a bas like a a blue blood basketball school, like I would have very little interest in college basketball now. But like none of the one, not as many one and dones even make it to college, and if they do, again, they're still one and done. So like you don't know who anybody is at any year. That yep. now you have the transfer portal where that guys can move at whatever move. So now you don't know, don't even know where people are even more. And and it's and it's also become this game of like the Steph Curry effect where it's all you see is shooting threes, and a lot of times it's it's college basketball players who weren't or one and done for a reason. So it's a lot of, I feel like I watch a lot more 65 to 60 brick fests than ever before. Like basically I've noticed that since COVID started for, for the last two years. I think my issue with college basketball is March madness is such a prevalent thing. And like, everyone's like, Oh, we'll just wait for March. Just wait for Marches. You've completely like there the college basketball regulation doesn't matter. Nobody yeah. cares. It's just like, it's kind of like the NBA regular season, in a sense. It's like, oh, just get to the playoffs, just get to the playoffs, and then you can start trying. And it, the, the co- college basketball might play like actually. Let me. I'll. I'll I was going to say they might play the, the most useless regular season, but the most useless regular season is baseball, just because of like the fact that there's a million games. Yeah, but like, I'd argue the other way because baseball is the smallest smallest amount of teams to make the playoffs yeah but I, yeah but like because it's so big i don't think anyone gives a rip about games yeah, but, but like 64 like teams make college basketball you, you you could go two games above 500 baseball you gotta win gotta win 85 games to make the playoffs again 80, 80 again games. but I'm just I'm just kind of going off of like what like, yeah the individual game itself probably yeah see there right. you go like I understand like I'm not saying like oh that game doesn't matter it's like you're right with the fact that you've got what is it you've got three division winners in in baseball and then one wild card team or two wild card teams two wild cards yeah it, whatever it is at this point I mean you've got that and then it's like well yeah obviously to them that every game matters because you got to get in there but I don't think people care to watch. Because they're yeah. like, well, I still got a hundred more of these. Why do I care about this one? That's true. And then, and basketball's issue is, well, why do I care about this one? It doesn't matter because you've, you've, com- you've, com- like winning a regular season conference title. No one remembers that. No. no one remembers winning a postseason conference title. No one. It's, it's who's going to go on that seven game run in March. That's all it is. And it's right. and it's a double edged sword. It's it makes for the like we just said. It's the greatest week. Like that first weekend when you're watching games from noon to midnight for four straight days, and like you just said, like we mentioned earlier, you've got 17 different games on, so you're flipping back and forth. Yeah, that is probably the greatest weekend in sports. But that's all you've done is you've devalued an entire season of sports of that sport to one weekend, and it's I think I think that, that that's worse for it. Yeah, no, I don't. Dif- I actually don't disagree with that. I've never really thought about it like that, but you're right. I, I well, I'm so skewed because like I do follow like MSU basketball pretty religiously right now, 
like just because like I don't know it's my team it's pretty easy to follow along they're yep. they're really easy to complain about is my favorite part <laughs> uh yeah but if like I know they're not that great this year but like if they weren't like the like Tom Izzo we weren't like a like supposed to be like a tournament team every year like if we were like say like uh like in a like in Nebraska like I would never I would never throw on a, a, a even if I was an alumni in a Nebraska basketball game on a Tuesday night <laughs> against yeah. like Indiana. Yeah, that'd be tough. <laughs> but I me, mean, I could be like totally taking words out of a Nebraska person's mouth that are not true, but No, I think that's just in fact to it. I don't think anybody uh the only people I know that are, are college basketball fans are people that go to like around my life are people that go to MSU. And MSU is a basketball school, or my extended like family and people I know are people who went to blue blood basketball schools. Like I have a bunch of, I have a couple of cousins that went to North Carolina and they're like the only people I know that like really talk about college basketball. And it's why, cause you went to North Carolina, like it's a basketball school. So. I mean, stuff, you know, I mean, let's, let's get into the other, let's get another sport. Give me some Red Wings knowledge. How are we doing? Uh, we're all right. We are a very solid team. We're going to be in the hunt for the playoffs. I think the entire year. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. We started. We kind of did the same thing as last year. We've cooled off a bit. I will say the difference this year is we have a ton. I believe we're like hockey is weird because you get a point if you make make it to overtime. We have a ton of overtime losses. So like we're like. I think we're so we're thirteen nine and six. So that's actually what thirteen and fifteen. Mm-hmm. But we are, I believe, we're three games behind the range or three points behind the Rangers for the last playoff spot in the East, and they've played three more games than us. So we're basically even for the wild card, right? Now, mm-hmm. The last wild card right now, um, and we'll probably stay there. I mean, the East is really tough, and our division is tough. and We going to go into December playing an even tougher schedule and like I said we've already kind of started to cool off um because I think you I mean I look at the east right now and no one saw New Jersey the Devils to be this good they're like 26 and 6 or something ridiculous like that so is Boston still just yeah Boston's murdering everybody for yeah so like those so it's it's kind of like a consensus like Boston New Jersey like Toronto's 19 5 and 5 like Boston, New Jersey, Toronto, Carolina, and probably the Lightning are all five for sure in the playoffs. I don't know what the order of those five will be, but they'll be in the playoffs. And then you look at probably for those last – those last – how many teams did I name? Five. So the five. last three spots probably are going to be between the Islanders, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, Washington – us and the and the Panthers. So that's that's probably those six teams for the last three spots. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would say so. I, that's a 50-50 chance if I really had to give it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, I guess one thing I was gonna say is, can can I make a can I place a bet already that says Toronto is a first round playoff exit? Or yeah, it's it's crazy. Like all the hockey stuff I listen to and watch are like, oh, this year's different. Like. Oh, it's like, been different for a decade, hasn't it? That's what I mean. Like the last three years have all been different because they guess what? They've been a top three team, four team in the league in the regular season. Like Austin Matt or not Austin Matthew, Mitch Marner is on like a twenty 
it's a 23 game point streak and like the record that's not Gretzky is like 30. So like he said, it's actually like pretty significant what he's doing right now. Uh, I think, What's I think Gretzky's Bob, record? Like 200? It's like 50. <laughs> uh, so playing against dudes in Jason masks. Yeah. So actually uh, hockey news, it's not Red Wings is um, Ovechkin is now had a hat trick the other night and is now one away from tying Gordy Howe for second all time. I saw that. Goals. Um, so that's pretty big. 800 goals is only the third person to do that. I believe he's like just under a hundred away from Gretzky. So, I mean, he, he's got 14, 15 goals in 30 games so far. He's on pace for 40 goals is considered amazing, an amazing season. 40 plus goals is your mm-hmm. legit top 15 goal scorer in the league. Usually 10 or less guys get 40 goals. Okay. Maybe fifteen less, fifteen or less guys get forty because that's basically scoring every other game. Yeah. Um, usually, you're considered elite if you're a point per game, like you're an elite, elite player if you're over eighty-two points and over forty goals is considered elite, elite, elite. Mm-hmm. Um. So, do you see him catching Gretzky? Yeah, he he will because he. I mean, he's on pay. I think he's thirty-six right now, so he's on pace for like forty-three this year. So he'll score another, like, say he gets another 25 this year, he'll be about 75 away. And, I mean, that's 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 two seasons of 35, which mm-hmm. are very, very doable. I mean – Do you also do you also think that there's one of those where he's come this far, he takes care of himself, so he'll just kind of play through whatever he needs to play through to get to that mark? See, that's kind of like – it's interesting because he's, like, not the – he's kind of known as, like the like, a mule, like, kind of just, like, he loves to throw the body around. He's a very physical player. Like he's not like sh- in shredded shape, like a like a Sidney Crosby that's probably only eaten sweet potatoes and chicken his entire life. And it's like <laughs> chicken and rice for the last thirty years for Sidney. Right, and we we could talk about Sidney Crosby had a I believe like a, a five point game the other night, and uh, he's on pace for hundred and twenty points, which would be his second best season of his career at thirty five. Um, so he's another guy you look, those two right now are doing unbelievable things. I mean, Crosby is, I mean, another, say another two years of a hundred points, three, he's probably a top five player ever after, I mean, probably 66, 99. Uh, I mean, if you want to say Gordy Howe and Bobby Orr and then probably Sidney Crosby five. So interesting. Or maybe Steve Eiserman, like one of the. There's a couple names you could probably throw up there. Um, so that's hockey. I mean, as far as individually speaking for the Red Wings, Dylan Larkin's having another great year. He was well over a point a game for a while. I think he's at a point a game exactly right now. He's in a contract year, so that'll be interesting. I mean, we'll talk about that more this summer. Um, I believe and it's another year of kind of like the Red Wings not having any true superstars, but. We look a lot more well-rounded in the line. Are we still these days. giving up 15 goals a game like we did not last quite, year? Not quite as bad as – You know what I'm referring to, right? They had some yeah, like, no, like absurd the stat where like, there was like 12 games where they gave up seven or more goals. Yeah, we're, we were the worst – I want to say we were the worst defensive team in the league last year. But it's cle- cleaned up a little bit. That's partly because Billy Huso has been good, our new goalie from St. Louis. He's really good. Um, and then, like, the, you look at the ind- additions, like, 
Kubalik has 25 points in 28 games. He had like 40 points off last year on the Blackhawks. Great pickup. Perron, 21 and 28 games. Andrew Cobb started off slow, 17 points. Like the the pickups we made are all, are contributing. They're making uh, they're making yeah. And then I think you look, and then that's even thinking like the two big rookies. I mean Raymond, 16 points in 28 games. That's a step back from last year. He looks he's taking a step. Mo Sider, he had like two points in 15 games. He's at 12 and 28 now. He's a minus 12 this year. He's been atrocious. He's been atrocious. It's more uh, he's a legit top-pairing defenseman now, so he has to play against everybody's best guys, and everybody kind of knows about him a little more, and so he's mm-hmm. kind of taken a sophomore slump. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think like you look at guys that maybe we thought a year or two ago were going to be legit top-four defensemen, like Phil Peronic. I mean, I think he's I think he's two years older than us, so he's not crazy young for the NHL. 24 points in 28 games as a defenseman. He's he's kind of step stepping up for Mo um, and taking a big chunk of that offense from the defenseman. Um, and then Ben Sherratt's been great as well back there, another pickup this offseason. So, I mean, it's been nice to see the faces that Eisman brought in actually contributing. Um, contrib- I just don't – I don't know. My thing is, like, I'm not ready to sell myself on this team yet. I still think, like, third, fourth line, you're looking at different new guys – most nights, different young guys are kind of pop, popped in there, and it's trial, trial and error for Lalonde. But uh, they're, how is, they're, uh, they're how's Lalonde doing? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't watch enough to like the Like, I, I, I haven't been able to watch, sit down and watch enough games to like actually see to get an idea if he's like making a, a positive impact as the new yeah. guy. I mean, I, he has to. I mean, we're good. We're we're better than last year. Like I said, though, like. We're still 13 and 15 if you count the overtime losses. Like, this seems terrible in overtime. Like, six overtime losses is a lot. Um, so, you, I don't think you can keep getting away with just getting one point and actually have a chance at the playoffs. You have to act, either start winning games or winning games in overtime. So, so winning games, that's getting that second point. Yeah. And I, you can't, I just don't think getting away with losing games in overtime and getting a point for it is is a successful method. What's your thought forward. on give what's your thought on giving away a point for losing in overtime? Do you I know we've talked about this with uh, Nick in the past. Like do you agree with that? Like do you do you what's what's the what's the NHL's like logic behind it? Um I actually think they should do well the I don't know what the logic behind it is is just cuz they've done it for as long as I remember, so I don't really understand the logic part of it. Um I think they need to this is going to be an unpopular take cuz I feel like I feel like the the non if you actually want to grow the game, I feel like the non like hockey fan loves the shootout, but I think the shootout needs to go. You can't be giving away points for like it's like I actually think PK should go away and it should just be golden goal. Like you can't be giving away points in like a playoff, like teams making the playoffs for, for winning on breakaways. Like that's not really a part part of the game in my opinion, but that's just like an old man yelling at a cloud take. I actually but don't hate that. Um, I don't hate that at all. It's just like, I, I don't really think it's this, like, it's the same thing with PKs. I don't really think it's part of the game that like you don't deserve, but like, I also don't want to watch the Red Wings playing three overtimes on a Tuesday night. Like I want to go to bed. So I get that aspect of it. But to me, <laughs> I think they should just do – it's a one five-minute – and it's one five-minute overtime, three-on-three. 
And then yep. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, yeah, they, they've changed that to kind of make it more fast-paced to kind of – Yeah, but even that ends up in, like, kind of being like soccer. And it's just – it ends up just being a ton of regrouping because there's just so much space out there that you, like – it's just regroup, 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 set it up, regroup. There's actually no offense. It's just a lot of taking it back and resetting <laughs> up. But uh, I would do like maybe a 10 minute overtime instead of five. And then you just end in a tie. That's your point. Like that's your point. Mm-hmm. I would like the NFL basically. Yeah. I don't like the idea of giving away points in a shootout. And I don't like the idea of you losing a game and getting a point. I mean, I, I think the one thing where I could say is if you're not going to give away, um, I guess if you're not going to play shootouts in the playoffs, why do you play them in the regular season? Um, you you kind of see where I'm going? Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I certainly don't watch enough hockey to have some like hardcore, like this is what I believe in. I just know that I, I've, I've like I, I've, I've seen you guys talk about it, and it's it's entertaining to kind of see a different perspective. Yeah, my take. I I do agree with the inconsistency part. Is like the shootout is not in a playoff game, so why should it be in a regular season game? I agree. I, I completely agree. So, do you think penalty kicks should be out of soccer then? More is my next. Point. Well, that's diff. I think that's it's tougher because like you have a bunch of different competitions in soccer, like you don't have penalty kicks in your regular domestic league. Like you can, you end a game in a tie and at the end of the season, the team with the most points wins. Um, like that's how penalty, I think the NHL should be. I mean, you're, yeah, I mean, you're, 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 I mean, that's, and then that's where like you bring playoffs and all that into it. Just like, yeah, you have penalties in, in the champions league and the world cup, but I, I do think, I, I think it's slightly different because I think it's, I think it's part of it, but it's tough. Um, because, because uh, like you just said, like I don't, I don't think golden goal is also the way. To, I don't think golden goal is the way to do it. Um, really, in soccer, I don't think so. Um, just because you could in soccer, it's so hard to get one that you could just be playing forever. Yeah, that I, I guess that would be a good one. And like, especially well, what if like, you started to adopt the hockey, where say every fifteen minutes you lost a player, so it's like ten on ten, then it's nine on nine. I uh, you uh, you would never do that. You, you can't you can't cover the field in soccer the way you can in hockey. I mean, just, I can skate. From, I can skate from one end to the. I mean, I can't do it because I can't skate. But like, so like, what would you say the fastest guys can get up and down in four or five seconds? Yeah, at least. Yeah. I mean, you can't do that. I, it takes you about ten fifteen get from one end to the other in soccer. That's right. No one impedes you. So it, it's tough. I mean, I, I I don't think you can get. I don't think you can get into that point, but. It's an interesting. Uh, this could be an entertaining topic to revisit sometime. Is like, do you should they stay or should they go? Kind of thing. Should they stay or should I go? Now? Oh God, we're dancing. I, I think this is our cue. Trouble. I think this is our cue to, that we've had. Should I like, should I like end the episode on like what was that song I was singing at the beginning no. of the episode? Yeah, She's all laid up in bed with a broken heart. <laughs> well, I just lost my job, but didn't lose my something. Kind of say your goodbyes to the people. <laughs> and we both know how we, are, how we got into this mad situation. See you guys. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, if you made it through Connor's atrocious singing, we appreciate you. Yeah, that was a. If you made it through the last like 15 minutes of that episode, good idea. That on was you. a lot of rambling. <laughs> Bye, everyone.